Stevens Point. Welcome back to Retrospective Rooney, a Living Maddie podcast hosted by me, Amanda Shake, your friendly neighborhood Living Maddie superfan expert, etc. So, we're here for part two of my conversation with my friends Leah and Katie about recurring characters on Living Maddie. But since we had to split this into two parts, you get an extra Twilight Hut because you get an extra week. And this, this is a pretty juicy Twilight Hut. I'm looking at it, and each one of these has some fun stories. So let's just jump right into it. So January 26th of 2014 was the premiere of Dumperoony. And I, this was very early on in my keeping up with the show. Because if you, you may remember that I mentioned Switcherooney was the first new episode I watched live after catching up. So this was, I think this was the next, yeah, this would have been the next episode after that. So I think I almost forgot that it was premiering that night because the Grammys were that night. Uh, and this was like the height of my Miley Cyrus fandom. It was one of two heights, let's put it that way, because like I first got really into her in like 2009, 2010, and then like the Bangers tour and the Bangers era was a huge deal, 2013, 14. So this was a time when she was on a ton of award shows, I was watching all of them, and again, the Grammys were this night. Uh, so I assumed I was gonna have to watch them, but then I realized that she was actually not going to be there. So she wasn't gonna be there, so I'm like, screw it. I'm not watching the Grammys, who cares? I'm like, I almost felt like I was boycotting them because she wasn't gonna be there. I was just having fun with myself. Uh, and then I realized there was new Living Maddie. I'm like, perfect. I'm gonna watch Living Maddie instead of the Grammys. I think I was home alone. I made some mac and cheese and it was a good night. Then fast forward about a year, January 25th, 2015, saw the premiere of Upcycle Rooney. I don't remember a lot about watching the episode itself, but it became it quickly became one of my favorite episodes. And I do remember afterwards saying that it was adorable and so sweet and so good. And I just loved it. But what I remember more is the day after in class. I'm struggling to remember what class. It was maybe math, probably math, uh, and just not being able to focus on my schoolwork because all I could think about was the episode and how precious it was. And I feel like that individual moment really sums up my senior year of high school, just struggling to focus on schoolwork because I'm thinking about Liv and Maddie, specifically like getting tied up in a certain scene or a certain episode that had just premiered and not being able to stop thinking about it. Then a year after that, January 24th, 2016, I saw the premiere of Coach Rooney. Now this was intended to be another one of Maya and Janelle's watch parties. This was before the midnight watch party started because we didn't even know that was going to be a thing. It became a thing about a month later. So this was one of the two that uh, premiered during our winter break. So we thought, Okay, neither of us have school, we can stay up late, we can, you can come over to my place, whatever. Um, but unfortunately, she was unable to come over. Something came up on her end, so I, I was still at Disneyland. I was at Disneyland because this was when I wanted to be in Disneyland every day of that winter break. Not like the entire winter break, because I did go home for the holidays. But from the day I got back to California till the day school started, I wanted to be in Disneyland every day. And minus that last day, because it was raining and I don't like going to Disneyland in the rain, I was there every day. So 16 days straight. It was a lot of work, but it was fun. Uh, so I was there that day, but I was just by myself. Uh, and then I found out that she wouldn't be able to come over to watch the new episode. So I'm like, okay, so what do I do? I was like, well, obviously I want to watch it, but I don't really want to leave Disneyland yet. And I could always like go home and watch and then come back because I don't live that far away, but that would still be a lot of work and I'd still lose a lot of time. And I'm like, you know what? I could just sit in one of the hotel lobbies uh, and watch it on my phone. So that's exactly what I did. So I took a break and I went to the Grand Californian lobby and I watched on my phone and a couple parts cut out here and there, but like that was to be expected. It was tolerable and just, it was a cool experience, you know, to like, and especially cause I had just recently moved to California. Just the fact that like Disneyland was so accessible and I could just go whenever I wanted. Like the fact that I could just chill. I mean, not that I couldn't do that on vacation and I had done it on vacation. I had watched new episodes in the lobby. That's a whole nother story, but, um, yeah, that was just such a, like, that, that was just my, you know, casual Sunday night. That was just a fun experience. And it's, it's what's also fun to think is that, like, hmm, how many years later? Would have been, like, more than three years later. I remember hanging out in that lobby with my mom when we were in the parks one weekend because 
uh, we were both just kind of wiped out and needed a break. And Dove's first singles had just come out, Waste and Bloodshot. So we sat by the fireplace in Grand California and I just listened to Waste and Bloodshot um, in my headphones on repeat. And that was just like peak experience for me. Like life could not get any better. And it's very similar to watching the new episode in the lobby. So yeah. And then fast forward one more year, January 27th, 2017 was the premiere of Exaruni. This was another one I had to watch by myself because this was during the semester that uh, Janelle had class on Fridays and she couldn't stay up that late on a Thursday night. So I watched it by myself. But man, this, I'm sure I will talk more. I'm, I've, I've talked about this episode and I think we're going to talk more about this episode. Yeah, we are going to talk more about this episode uh, today. Uh, and I'm sure I will talk more, even more about it in the future, but this is one of my favorite episodes of season four, probably ever. And it's just, it's super funny, but it's also just so good. And yeah, there's just a lot of things to say about it. I'll say more later, but I just remember like laughing so hard that I was afraid I was going to wake my neighbors <laughs> or bother my neighbors. Cause they very well could have been awake. Cause you know, college. Um, but oh my gosh, like I, I usually was very reactive to the new episodes, but I feel like this was more than usual. And I, this was one of the many nights I was having dinner at like midnight. So I wasn't sitting in my bed. I was sitting in a chair, like closer to the TV. So that meant I was closer to the wall, the shared wall between me and my neighbor, which made me even more afraid that they would be able to hear me laughing. Uh, and funny thing about that is I made nachos for dinner only to see them have nachos in the episode. So like it was meant to be. <laughs> so yeah, late January episodes always have some some good memories. So those are your anniversaries for this week. That's your Twilight for this week. And I'm going to hand it off to myself, Katie and Lee to continue our conversation about recurring characters. So let's go. So moving on to another wonderful boy with a bit of an unfortunate last name, Holden Dippeldorf. Oh, my love. Oh, my heart. Oh, my never, soul. Never thought we would swoon over a name like that, but. Listen. <laughs> I mean, I dated a guy with the last name Gumbleton, so I can't say anything. Oh. <laughs> I can't say anything. Um, but no, Holden Dippeldorf. Beautiful cinnamon roll. Too good for this world. Too pure. Um, I love everything about Holden. I love everything about how he was developed. Um, I love everything about how we got to know him over the course of the show. Um, I love Jordan Fisher just as an existence. <laughs> he got married and my heart died a little bit. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and yeah, so I love Holden. I love the relationship that Liv and Holden have. Um, and I like that they showed that Holden is willing to be super accommodating of Liv's crazy life as you see in their first date episode where poor Liv has like her arms in plaster <laughs> and everything but I like that they didn't make Holden a complete doormat mm -hmm. and he had a him, limit for sure he had his boundaries and boundaries are a very important thing to show in a relationship especially in kids media because there's so much media directed at kids about relationships where they don't have boundaries. That's my major problem with franchises like Twilight is they show a relationship and it's targeted at like middle schoolers, at children. And they show a relationship that is obviously very unhealthy with no boundaries. An adult can read Twilight and go, oh, this is bad. But a kid doesn't have that same circumspection. So showing a relationship like this where Holden is willing to be very accommodating, is very sweet, brings over pizza, rolls with the punches, but has his limits in scoop and says, hey, like, I don't want you to deny me in front of millions of people or however many followers Liv has at that point, um, is very powerful. Did I like the fact that they broke up? No, of course not. Like I mentioned. Uh, he showed up you. outside her house with a cake. Um. <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to try not to cry about Scoop because I still <laughs> cry about Scoop. Um, but I guess I'm just too tough to cry. I'm headed straight for the floor. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I think that was very important to show that while Holden is super accommodating and super sweet, he is a human with mm -hmm. feelings and has his limits. And he doesn't just exist to be in love with Liv Rooney. He exists. Unlike Artie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
this is why this is why Liv loves holding back. Um, and you hear that, John and Ron? <laughs> Liv and Holden forever. They agree end game! with me. End game. <laughs> um, I have supporters in this. It's not just oh, me. You absolutely do. <laughs> I've never met Ron and John, but I just want to talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Um, so I love Holden. I love what he brought to the show. I love what he brought to Liv um, to kind of pull her back from the stars. Because um, the thing about Scoop was she was really letting the tabloids get to her in ways that are usually not healthy for a celebrity. And you remember how young Liv is at the time. She's like 16, 17. And that's how old stars like Lindsay Lohan were when they rose to fame. So we know using real life examples, what the paparazzi and media rumors can do to a famous mind that young and having hold in there to pull her down and show her like there are consequences to caring about the media this much is very important because I think like, I don't think Liv Rooney would have ended up like Lindsay Lohan, but I think she needed people around her to keep her back on earth because she was so young um at the height of her fame like doing voltage as a 16 year old so in this house Not being like her third big project right? yeah so uh, in this house we stand holden dippledorf um jordan fisher i'm sorry that you're married but also congratulations <laughs> uh and i think i've told you amanda but i just like want to confirm he is my favorite mark he is my favorite Mark Cohen in Rent I've ever seen. And this is coming from somebody who's a massive Rent head. So after seeing Jordan uh, play Mark Cohen, my love was just set. Uh, one quick thing I want to jump off of what you said is that I think co- like Coach Rooney, and I've never really, this is a really good thing to think about because I never really thought about this before for isolating two episodes with coach Rooney and scoop coach being where they're trying to have their first date and things aren't working out and scoop of course being being the breakup is that I think that's both an example of good a good character arc for both of them but also good story writing in the sense that Mm -hmm. this show is never rushed I feel like other shows could would want to do that in one episode uh, like they would just omit coach entirely and then they would say they've already been on their first couple of dates. Um, but I think the pacing in the show is always a plus. Impeccable. And that's a really good example of that. And I've talked about that in other cases where like I, and what this is one of the things that really got me to fall in love with the show in the first place is in season one with Space Werewolves, how there were so many steps to getting live that part when mm-hmm. uh I, I hate to do this and I hate that this is the first thing that came to mind but uh comparing it to Hannah Montana as much as I love Hannah Montana and how much it has changed my life uh there are a lot of ways that I think Liv and Maddie was better written uh an example being in an episode of Hannah Montana she plays the role of Indiana Joni and there there actually there is an episode where she's auditioning for the part and then the next episode is after she's done filming it so it's not just like oh she just has the part it's a little bit more than that but in Live and Maddie, it's stretched out even further where it's like convincing the fans and then getting the part and then the doing your own stunts and even the aftermath with the premiere and stuff like that. Yeah, they show the process. I feel bad for any of y'all who went to film school because that must be something interesting to see. <laughs> but so. interesting, I mean traumatic. Um. <laughs> So anyway, I'm I'm broadening out a little bit, but uh, Lee, tell us tell us your thoughts on our good boy Holden. I the like tragic backstory of the pen. It's like <laughs> such a little detail, but I think it's just so good. Um, that like oh, I think it's adorable, and that like they still have it. I'm just I was just like oh, this is. And I think we good. mentioned this when we watched that episode. The goodbye puppy is so funny. <laughs> um so I think that's cool I mean Katie has covered a lot of it about how wonderful Holden is um as a character uh yeah I really I just I vibe with him he's lovely I obviously am sad that things didn't work out as well uh so there's that but yeah I don't know um I do want to say 
we all know this gif. Holden is Donald Glover coming through the door with a pizza and the entire <laughs> apartment's on fire. That's just yeah. Holden Dumbledore throughout the whole show. Yeah. <laughs> He's just standing there with pizza while the entire world is on fire. That's just like the Rooney's life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He entered in a bit late and it's already it's already like this far into the garbage fire, the wonderful garbage fire that it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's just a sunshine boy. He's such a gentleman. Like, I mean, like we already talked about, at the door he with flowers. He is the blueprint. He really like, is. I want to. I want to show him to like any thirteen-year-old boy possible, and be like, "This is the blueprint." Who we need to be. Yeah, be him. Absolutely. And I have to say that when I first watched the show, like I liked him, but I think my thing with the background characters is that I, I always had like an interest in them and, and I always felt that they were always very strong and I, I loved that aspect of the show. But when I was first watching it, I was first, I was discovering Dove for the first time and mm. I was just becoming a big fan of her. So I was definitely very hyper-focused on her and Liv and Maddie. And I think, um, Janelle, I love you, but I got to call you out a little bit here, um, that it was a little bit of her fault that I didn't like Holden as much the first time because she what? was, she wasn't still is a hardcore live and Andy shipper and she considered Holden to be getting in the way of that oh I mean that's incredibly valid that's incredibly valid yeah I I get where she's coming from but like yeah. I guess that was kind of my uh I felt like well if she doesn't like I mean I don't think she actually disliked him she would just like to poke fun at, uh, at that sometimes yeah uh and I felt like I couldn't love him either because of that it's not her fault that's just that's just the way my mind works as I just piggyback off of that. But now that like, again, I've gotten to rewatch the show and, and time has passed, I'm able to focus a little bit more on the individual characters and the individual actors. And I become an even bigger Jordan fan in his work outside of the show and stuff like that. So uh, I have just become a, a big fan of his. And I think that uh, talking about their breakup is that it's, it's very sad, but like for one thing, if it, gets that emotional of a reaction out of you, you know it's well done. Yeah. Uh, and it's just very yeah. healthily and maturely done. Like, again, mm-hmm. like we said, mm-hmm. uh, he has a limit, but it's not, he, he is willing to work with her and adjust for her. It's not yeah. like one little and thing happens and he's like, I'm out. He has a limit and he's not being unreasonable. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was getting there. I was getting there. Uh, like, the 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 breakup scene specifically is that it's emotional but like he's just being honest he's not getting angry with her he's not yelling at her uh he's not blowing up at her or anything like some other boys on this show might do y'all keep getting my jokes before i say them but i'm gonna say them anyway (laughs) no i mean you're no and i i want to make it clear to anyone watching uh amanda did roast me a little bit for taking months to get through scoop rooney (laughs) It did not take me months to get through Scooparooney because of Lolden. Um, it got me months to get through Scooparooney because of Maddie being terrified of Diggy. Uh, oh, because, you know, yeah, I don't because, know if I knew that. Yeah, because I've been in that type of situation uh, with an ex-partner and just being so scared that they're going to find something out about you or they're going to come back into your life in an aggressive way or they're going to be upset, like... I've been in that situation and that's what scared me about Scoop was like, oh my God, I've been in Maddie's position. I've been terrified of an ex before. Like I've been in this position and it's so scary. So that's why Scoop Rooney scared me as much as it did. Not because gotcha. of Holden. Yeah, no, not because Teal. of Liv and Holden breaking up. And that just shows that uh, <laughs> we had two major events happening in that episode. So that episode was just a lot to get through just in general. This is a character that we've already kind of talked about, uh, but not as much as an individual. Of course, our queen, Gemma. Katie, what can you tell us about about good old Gemma? I love Gemma. Uh, She is what I want every Hollywood director to be. She is so wonderful. I love how she helps Liv kind of break through her, like, stagnation almost, because there's a point when filming that Liv kind of is struggling and the way that Gemma helps her through that is amazing. Um, I feel like Gemma is the true definition of do no harm, take no S. 
you know, that good old saying that was floating around Tumblr about five years ago. <laughs> um, she's the definition of that. I love how hardworking and passionate she is. And, you know, she is doing Voltage, which is like a pre-existing IP, but she's coming at it with such a place of love and but also a place of being willing to creatively experiment again like the perfect Hollywood director like like I'm an Avatar The Last Airbender fan I know what it is to have a big Hollywood director like disrespect <laughs> your beloved IP we're um, just name dropping M. Night Sh- I can't pronounce so that so seeing Gemma come at Voltage and Skyvolt from such a place of love um is so awesome and then she does it again with sing it louder because sing it or <clears throat> sing it louder um thank you because <laughs> that's also a pre-existing ip that she has to on board with um almost like you know almost like i'm sure what the director of the seventh star wars movie must have felt like something that already exists and people already love and you have to take it and make it new again. And unlike the ninth Star Wars movie, I think Gemma does this very, very well um, with the sequel series. So yeah, I love her. I think she's an amazing creative force. I think her love, of, I admire her love of cheesecake. I, have I think cheesecake. all three of us can relate to that. <laughs> Yo, y'all, I had cheesecake fact two days ago. It was amazing. It was for my stepmom's birthday. Um, we was- almost got it on New Year's Eve, but everything was so backed up on New Year's Eve that it didn't happen. Yeah. But that means that we, I got to do it soon. Yeah. Uh, but I respect her love for cheesecake and just good food in general. You know, she good food is like one of her things. So she comes to eat. <laughs> yeah, which I really relate to. Um. I I love her approach to her work. Of course, like I see, look at me closer, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm like that. That could be like a that could be a workplace violation. But luckily, like Gemma is Gemma is awesome, and she like that's like part of her creative process. Doesn't she do it to Holden? Yes, and she's like, yeah. uh, I thought that this was a, a t-shirt, but I realized it's a sweater. It feels very soft, or something yeah. like that. She does you, it to a lot of people. I don't think there's anyone she wouldn't do it to. And props to the actress who plays Chloe Gemma. Wepper. I don't know her name. I apologize. Chloe Wepper. Okay. Props to Chloe because most people, if they had to like act a scene like that where they're like right in someone's face and like making comments about their shirt while looking straight into their eyes, I would break. <laughs> I'd just be laughing. I could not do it. But she like does it and she keeps a straight face and she really like keeps engaged and I feel like you could almost see the acting flicker behind some of those folks' eyes fade away for a bit because they're like, oh my God, she's like really into it. And I <laughs> love that. I love that so much. Absolutely I love Liv's not. reactions to that. Like she's like, oh, we're, we're, we're doing this again. And then she's like, uh, I, I, I feel that pressure and I, I really, I really want to do that. But I, I can also feel, can feel my eyelashes move every time you exhale. <laughs> like, so many good lines uh and and one thing I want to add is that like I not only is she so good at adapting these these already existing properties but these are two very different existing properties Mm -hmm. uh and I've said this phrase in the show way too much but she has the range I was Uh, literally about to say she had the range and I've said that about Liv which I mean obviously Liv was the protagonist of both of these shows so both Liv and Gemma have the range and that's probably why they work so well together Lee, what would you like to say? I love Gemma because Gemma is the biggest vibe as somebody who went to film school and has worked with directors and has been a producer because the amount of stress that she goes through and just like her way of coping when being on set and stressed out. I'm like, ah, me. And eating cheesecake to cope. Literally, though. I need to mention that like Lee and I like live by Cheesecake Factory to the audience. It's bad. And and I also (laughs) do too, like, I'm pretty sure the three of us plus Carrie Smith could in combination get Cheesecake Fact to start paying their rent again. Like, 
I think they did start paying the rent, but I know for a while they couldn't pay the rent. It was very tragic. <laughs> I was very worried. Um, but I just like, as somebody who's very much been in that world and in that kind of position, I just very much love her and vibe with her dearly. She's just so funny and she's just so quirky and has like a lovely sense of style. And like, she just cares so much about her actors um, and like what she's doing to like a point where you're like, honey, like, please just like go on a vacation for two days and like sleep it off. Like this show does not have to be your entire existence, but also I'm proud of you. Um, and I, I am glad that she has Johnny Nimbus to keep her afloat and like yes. care for her health and well-being because yes. otherwise, um, and she's just lovely and wonderful and we stand. And I did they like, go on a honeymoon? I don't remember. I don't think they mentioned that. Great. Someone write it in a fanfic. Do it. Yes. Now. Well, here's the thing is that we talked about Johnny and Kurt and how, and how wonderful he was. And Kurt was so generous in giving me so many wonderful headcanons. Cause like it, it, I, I just eat up. I eat up when, when I get headcanons from the people that made the show. I love yeah. that stuff. And even if it's like the smallest little thing, like when I was talking to Betsy Sollinger, uh, she was talking about like the kind of cats Liv and Maddie would have. And I'm like, tell me more. Yes, I love this. Um, so like, I might need to ask Kurt what he thinks Johnny and Gemma would have done on their honeymoon. So making a mental note of that. Johnny uh, would say something cheesy like, well, my darling, there's a hundred percent chance of smiles with a with a you know ninety-eight percent probability of lots of smooches. Like he'd say something definitely. very cheesy like that. Yes. Uh and, and Lee, I can definitely also see you and Gemma in the sense of her her fandom for for things. Yes. Maybe not exactly the same things as you, but just um being, and I mean this affectionately, a nerd. Because yes. we're <laughs> all of us are, are yes. nerds, so uh she's another character that I feel like I got more into later on um for this kind of for the same reasons as I said before uh and yeah just her aggression is so hysterical I don't know I guess I have this thing with aggressive characters I don't know why just because it's it's funny it, it sets up for a lot of great comedy um and it's a benevolent aggressiveness right. you're never like actually intimidated by Gemma so it's like this benevolent aggressiveness well you know what Artie deserves. He, he does. And Get back great, in the kitchen. A great example of that is when she says to Johnny, I'm going to marry you so hard. <laughs> like, she. You have no choice. <laughs> this is happening, sir. She says something like, um, uh, I, I love the way you talk, Johnny Nimbus. Never stop. Like, she again she loves so aggressively and it's hysterical and like again we'll talk more about this with, with ships but and and we already have talked about it today but like her relationship with johnny and i talked about it with kurt how like their energies just match each other in a very weird way but it just makes sense it just does uh and lee you mentioned her fashion choices and i didn't really even pay much attention to this until our rewatch uh, and I, I'm considering doing an episode on just like the fashion of the show and Katie, you would, I'm sure you would love to join me for that. Um, is that she has this really cool, like very, I hate the phrase business casual because that <laughs> my, my friend Jessica and I have this inside <laughs> joke in high school where we're like, what does business casual mean? Like as uh, somebody who went to business school and during non-pandemic times would have to dress in business casual. Business casual is a crock of baloney. I'm keeping it PG. Isn't business casual is a crock of baloney? Wasn't there in in the episode where uh, Booms was having a dance and Parker and Val were like not sure if the other one to go to the dance? It was like smart, dressy, fancy, casual. Like, yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? No, but I think if you had to pinpoint what that would look like, it would be Gemma. She's got like the little black. Um, boots with the chunky heel but then she's got black jeans but then she's got a blazer like right but she takes that and she adds like she usually has like a little button or like a shirt that has like bam or pow on it like some kind of like little comic book flair to it and seeing those like I'm not a big you're much more of a fashion person than I am but even I can see that and be like that's really cool that's like a cool little combination there and that's such a wonderful deliberate character choice you know that she didn't just pick any t-shirt that they had in the prop room 
like that was a very deliberate choice for sure and love that and i believe elizabeth martucci uh affectionately known on set as Tooch, is the costume designer for Liv and Maddie. So shout out to her for uh, her awesome work. And now on to the golden, I say, I say golden sunshine boy about a lot of these, but like this is the peak. Golden He's the actual boy. golden retriever labradoodle. And, and we all know, yes, we all know who I'm talking about. Mr. <laughs> Josh Wilcox. Huh, listen, I know we're getting excited about like everyone we're bringing up, but this is like, this is Different. he is greater is he is greater obviously level. this is a podcast so y'all can't see but i am happy dancing <laughs> just to the thought of joshua cox so please do tell us why you're happy dancing oh my god well i already said joshua cox is like golden retriever boy like love him so much um josh is great because he's this outside force that comes to steven's point and i love how at first he like connects with Liv because he's also from los angeles so she'll talk about like pilates and spin class and kale and josh is like yeah totally but like he also finds a way to feel at home in steven's point which is really awesome to see because i think they could have had like the cool california surfer dude on the show and have him just kind of be a stereotype or have him never fit in Stevens Point and just have I'm Californian as like his gag. But instead, he learns to fit into Stevens Point and finds a place in the twins' social life besides just like being Liv's co-star. Um, he's a very good actor. That's like to be said. Um, and I love his development throughout the show um obviously this is a mosh household we are in the mosh pit so you might say (laughs) um and while i don't like the fact that they are not endgame in the context of the show i absolutely love the episode i keep on blanking on their names i'm so sorry i'm guessing i love Exaruni with a like that might be in my top 10 episodes of the show because probably you, same because you really see how grown both Maddie and Josh are because again I think that's a very important thing to show to kids like you can be friends with somebody you dated you can you know give well wishes to someone you dated there doesn't have to be animosity they don't have to ruin your life and you can still have really great chemistry with them even if you're not romantically into them and I think that's a very powerful message to send to kids because there's so much media about like I hate him we're done it's over I never want to talk to him but Maddie and Josh are not dating anymore tragically but they're like still chill and they have great chemistry like playing with the food at the Mexican restaurant and being total goofballs and I think that's something very important to see and it shows the growth that Maddie has over the course of the show and it shows the growth that Josh has over the course of the show as well and yeah I love that episode if I may um, add something to that real quick, John and Ron mentioned that very specifically, like almost word for word, you can be friends with someone that you have dated before. Uh, and they said that that was really important to them to, uh, I mean, um, when, when I say they said that, I mean, when I interviewed them, um, that they wanted to show that like exactly what you said that like it doesn't always have to be like you have to hate each other afterwards and when they said that I kind of in my head looked back on like all the relationships that ended even if they um resumed later on uh and that was the case every time uh like Liv and Holden Maddie and Josh and even Maddie and Diggy after they break up it takes a little while um but like in Sparf they they become friends again so that was very much uh deliberate and I really appreciate that John and Ron had that in mind when they did that I love that and I love how Josh has like this healthy dose of competitive competitiveness about him um I love how he tries to and I think for the most part succeeds like bond with Joey so I 
I mean, we love, we love Josh in this household. Um, and truly we were robbed of so much mosh content. Like sure. I would say to the writer of choose a Rooney, I just uh, want to talk. Except <laughs> you have actually talked. Um, but the good thing to know is that now that I've talked to her, now, you know, she is team mosh. I know that makes me so happy. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Japs Bond Haxburg stuff is iconic. Jackson Max, baby. Jackson Max! <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I love Josh. He's cool. Lee, you also love Josh, I believe. I do love Josh. Tell us um, why. <laughs> honestly, one of my favorite relationships in the show is Joey and um, Josh's bromance. It's just so good. They just, like like joey doesn't like have a lot of friends like he really doesn't and like josh is just that like perfect person for him that like just like gets his weird energy and like has it too and they just like click so well and they're my faves they could do anything honestly so i love them for that so good he's also just amazing in voltage he's just lovely and he and thinks Skyfall is dead. I I remember um, <laughs> a little side story. There, were, I think Jessica did a live stream. I don't I don't. This may have been the days before Instagram Live. I don't remember some kind of live stream after the season three finale aired, and Lucas was there, and I don't remember who all was there, but like some of them were were they were all hanging out watching the episode and they did a live stream afterwards and talked about it and they were talking about Skybolt dying and I just hear I almost called him Josh I have this thing where I Josh Lucas Garrison he has too many names and I keep getting them confused especially because his his real name is Lucas but like in Girl Meets World there's a character that's named Lucas and that was on at the same okay time. but he is by far the inferior Lucas uh, definitely definitely why but, why were those two fighting over that stupid boy don't get me started <laughs> that's a whole another episode <laughs> uh that's do so i want to fire up the girl me i think i do um <laughs> <laughs> that, that was definitely something that i will discuss with you at a later point okay. uh, but uh so i just hear lucas in the background go con <laughs> so i mentioned that to him like a few days later it may have been it, it may have been after skybolt that they did this live stream I don't know. It was before the last taping. So I mentioned that to him when I saw him at the last taping, because that made me laugh so hard. And I like my head hit the bed frame when I was laughing and it hurt. <laughs> um, so I told him I was mad at him for that. Obviously. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so he said, when, when I shot that scene, John or Ron told him like, you know, do your best scream. And, and I, I don't remember if it was his idea or theirs to like, do your best con scream. And he, he nailed it. So that's my whole <laughs> tangent on that. <laughs> Uh, so as I said before, he is, I, I'd have to say he's tied with Dump Truck as my favorite side character. It's really hard to choose between them because they're very different. Uh, yeah. but, and I love that we do get to see some scenes with them together. Uh, there's not many, but in Cal Valeruni, when they're, nice. uh, of course the box Lotties, first of all, uh, oh, I thought you said I had to work him over. <laughs> and then when he actually cowbells him later, uh and uh i'm sorry cowie says what moo <laughs> like so good that again their, their competing energy is so good uh it would it would be fun to see them because we talk about you know characters with that are different and such uh it would be fun to see them become friends later on which i feel like they would because i feel like everyone is friends okay but like what if we got like a Jax von Habsburg spinoff series with joey josh and dump truck oh yeah okay i like where this is going icon because icon in jackson max falcon shows up uh and to save joey the trouble in editing and acting twice dump truck could play falcon yes i'm telling you there's like there's so much beautiful brainstorming going on you know today. half the writers amanda send them the pitch make it happen <laughs> i was gonna say do we need to because you said you need some more mosh content i can message betsy be like can you just like write us like just a one shot <laughs> about mosh like we could do it ourselves but like we trust you more so anyway <laughs> he is just a sunshine golden retriever boy and 
I've always called him a golden retriever, but you know what I realized when preparing for this episode is that he's very specifically a golden retriever because he's like the giant puppy that like thinks he's still a tiny lap dog. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's like this um, attractive young man who's um, built well and like can be very serious as he shows Works out, mm-hmm. shows in his acting. Um, but he has so much energy bottled inside him. Like great example is when they go to the fanfic awards, he's like, okay, be cool, Josh, be cool. I can't be cool. We're at the fanfic awards. Woo. Like, and then with him with like Brandon Crawford and like, just, it's so like, he gets just super giddy and super excited. Uh, probably because it's all bottled in there and like, it's just, it's adorable. Um, I don't know if he did this already or if this is just my head cannon. But I feel like he would be that guy where when he gets excited, he starts doing clap push-ups. Like, push-ups, clap, <laughs> Like, that guy. He would be that guy. That does sound, yeah. That sounds very in character. Uh, and again, just a quick mention of the ship. I mean, Mosh, we, we all, we've talked many, many hours about Mosh. And it's just, yeah, like, the, the best way to put it is basically summing up what you said is that similar to Liv and Holden, it's a very healthy relationship that takes a very mature and natural course. Like it, it's a little bit tamer than Liv and Holden, I would say. Um, but it's just like everything, even if they're like the sad moments and stuff, everything happens the way it needs to. And, and no one <clears throat> blows up at each other and, and, and gets uh, mad at them and then, you know no one has to like hand back a letterman jacket or throw a basketball or whatever at a you know rack of basketballs but anyway you know they also just are so cute because they have like fun together like Like, they would be that couple at the go-kart place oh definitely i i I feel like goofy gary's very well could have go-karts i could see that or like opening it's like a boomers type place yeah and I, they have a bowling alley. Joey mentioned that. So there's okay. just a lot of fun stuff to do there. So um, yeah, like um, when they break up, it's, again, it's sad. But the fact that, okay, the fact that Josh is the gentleman to initiate that, like it, it very well could have been Maddie who said, you know, I still have feelings for this guy. I'm sorry. But Josh takes it upon himself to say I realize this it's okay like that is and and I feel like it wouldn't have been bad if Maddie did that but I think it was even better that they had Josh do that um and he is a little upset about it naturally in the next episode uh he forgets how to breathe and and stuff like that um (laughs) but he he doesn't you know go back to Maddie and say like you did this to me or anything yeah, like you that. Yeah, you ruined my life. Or... And it, it's a, it's another, and, and, but okay, yeah, extra Rooney. I love so many things about that episode. Um, and that being a big part of it is that like all of the awkwardness between them is just Joey thinking there's awkwardness there. It's not actually there. The fact that Maddie's mm-hmm. first reaction when seeing Josh, like you would think that even, I'm sorry, Matt, Maddie the cat is attacking my leg, um, but we just clipped their claws. So thankfully it doesn't hurt. Um, (laughs) so she's just grabbing at me, but anyway, um, you would think that even if like things are cool between them, that maybe that first seeing each other because they weren't expecting it, they'd be like, Ooh, a little, but that doesn't even happen. Like they're just happy to see each other, which I think is so sweet. And they want to hang out together. And I, yeah, I just, I love, I am sad that Mosh was an end game, but I love the way that their relationship does develop. And Maddie, you can get out of that basket, please. Thank you. Uh, she has interrupted many an episode because I think she thinks it's about her because it's a live and Maddie podcast. She's like, oh, okay. so it's about me. So it is time for me to uh, create havoc. Um, so I love that. And like I said about live and Holden, this is a really great example of not only really great characters, but just a really great story writing in the sense that uh, even before their breakup, like talking about when Josh had a crush on her, uh, that was played out like the, again, the pacing was great. It could have just been, he could have asked her out in cowbell. Like again, other shows might've done that, but like, it was very, very natural with like, at the end of cowbell, we find out that he likes her. Then we have the secret admirer episode and it ends not even then it doesn't end with her saying, okay, I want to go out with him. She's still thinking about it. 
and then she has to talk with her dad about it and like it's just again it's a really beautiful progression that uh, the, conversation with pete is like mm-hmm. when i interviewed ben uh that episode probably isn't out yet the time i'm posting this one but you'll hear it in the future a little tease uh he and i talked a lot about that scene and how that was uh a very so powerful, powerful. Scene. the power it has so good i think the only thing i might have wanted was to see and and same for Liv and holden again i'm talking about ships but this is the last thing I'm going to say about it is that uh, I would have liked to see more of their time when they were together. Uh, and I mm-hmm. guess it, maybe it would have been just kind of fluff, but like sometimes we want fluff, you know, because like we got like Liv and Holden being cute with uh, Parker and uh, teaching him stuff for show choir. And that was just a cute, fun episode for them. Iconic and, episode. And so then good. my first live taping. Uh, and then Maddie and Josh, we don't really get a full episode. Oh, okay. Actually, no same episode what the heck am I talking about it's literally the same episode um when they go on their first date um but that's still there's still a little bit of like tension and confusion there I it would have been fun to have an episode where they're just like having fun goofing around no pun see the sad thing is we got that in extra room (laughs) that's true the sad thing is we got that in x that is very true um but that actually kind of shows what we were talking about is that like um they can still have great chemistry and enjoy each other even if they're not dating so uh moving on to our final character of the day this is one that i picked specially for katie and i think you might already know who it is uh he's literally only in one episode and when this the title of this episode is literally recurring characters he does not recur but you get my point he's a side character he recurs in our hearts he does recur in our hearts so uh since you probably already know who I'm talking about, you can take it from here. <laughs> Cousin Krog! Mr. Krog! <laughs> oh my god. My love for Cousin Krog <laughs> knows no bounds. Uh, so for anybody who maybe doesn't remember, is the episode called Promarooney? Yes. Am I hallucinating? Okay. So in the episode Promarooney, uh, cousin Krog come visits and cousin Krog is played by the late great Cameron Boyce we miss you every day forever boy and this was this part of like a big crossover event Amanda not exactly a crossover but um kind of yes so what uh, what they did this was the second time they did this I think they only did it twice it was called what the what weekend where each show would have a guest star from another show uh, so in season one, when they first did that, that was Howlerooney with Laura Morano from um, from Austin and Alley. And then in this, it was Cameron because he was on Jesse at the time. So kind of, yeah. Okay, yeah. And that's why Maddie says, bam, what the what? Yes. And I'm trying okay. to think of other examples. I mean, the most notable example is that uh, Dove and Ryan were on Austin and Alley and they were hilarious. Okay. Um, yeah, I knew it was some kind of crossover. Not as wild as that's so the sweet life of Hannah Montana. but Yeah, so it wasn't like... Wild. Yeah, it wasn't like uh, they were playing characters from other shows. It was just actor guest stars. Yeah. So, so um, Cameron Boyce plays Cousin Krog, who is called into town to be, is it Liv's prom date or Maddie's Maddie's. Prom date? Maddie's. Maddie's prom date because Diggy's in Tundrabania? Yes. Yeah, Diggy's in Tundrabania. So Cousin Krog is called in uh, to be Maddie's prom date. And cousin Krog is a master of magic and illusion um so he could like make himself disappear he can do all sorts of cool magic tricks or so he thinks um he enters in like doesn't he enter in like a plume of smoke or something like, i think so he enters in, he's like behold my arrival yeah like something crazy like that um he wears this like long black coat and ripped up jeans and combat boots like he looks like he's straight out of a 2006 My Chemical Romance video, um, which is he's just I, a G note. That's yeah. just what he is. <laughs> no, he's like pre Black Parade MCR. He's like three <laughs> cheers for sweet revenge MCR. Uh, people who listen to My Chemical Romance will understand that. Um, so yeah, he's iconic. Um, he's only in Live and Maddie for one episode, which breaks my heart. In so many ways um but yeah he's 
amazing. I I love watching that episode because he's so ridiculous. Um, he's an incredible embarrassment to Maddie, which I mean, I would be slightly embarrassed if Krog was my cousin too, but also I would love him to death. Um, and just to be clear, Krog is not his real name, quote unquote. Uh, his real name is Craig, but he has adopted the name Krog. He had previously been known as Krusty Craig. Yeah, he's not Krusty no more. He's <laughs> crawling in my skin by Linkin Park. To um, uh, his full new name would be Krog the Insidious. I love that. Yes. So we have no idea how Krog is related to Liv and Maddie. We don't know if it's from Pete's side of the family. Actually, we kind of do because oh, we, do. we know there's an Aunt Melanie and we know that when they're introduced at prom, Pete says he's related only by marriage. So, and I'm glad you brought this up because I did want to, like, I've, I've delved into the family tree before and I, I've talked to y'all about this, that uh, he's on Karen's side of the family, but we know that Karen has mm-hmm. her sister, Dina. So maybe they have another sister named Melanie or she's a cousin and maybe he's just like a second cousin and they just call him cousin. Like I, <laughs> my mom is an only child like myself. So all my cousins on her side of which there are many are second cousins. So I know yeah, what it's I like to that. just be like, you're just my cousin, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> no, they're not your second cousins. They're your first cousin once removed. Which is even more to say. So yeah. <laughs> it's um, easier to just call him a cousin. Yeah, cause I have, my cousins have children. And, pe- and we were trying to figure right. out, like, what what is the child's relationship to me? And I'm like, they're my first cousin once removed, because a generation is a removal. Right. Uh, but anyway, we don't truly know how Krog is related to these girls, but I'm glad that he is. And I'm glad that he's in the one episode, and I'm glad that that is the late, great Cameron Boyce's uh, sole contribution to the Live and Maddie universe. What a mark he made. What an icon. I mentioned in my live taping episode that at my first live taping at Home Run Rooney, uh, Cameron visited the set. Uh, just uh, like what? you didn't tell me this. Have I never told you this? So no! to to recap a little bit and like what an experience for me to have at my very first taping. I'm just sitting there in the audience and he just like strolls right in and sits down on the couch and just hangs out with Dove. And I'm like, what is going on? And it's because uh, his show at the time, his Disney XD show, Gamer's Guide to pretty much everything filmed on the same lot. Uh, so, I mean, I knew he wasn't in the episode because he didn't film any scenes, uh, but he hung out with Dove for a bit and then he did the slate and he said, descendants boy. <laughs> uh, and it was so cool. And I met him again about seven months later. And I mentioned that to him and I told him I had wished it was the return of Krog the Insidious. Um, and then another time, uh, in case I haven't told you about this either, at my second to last taping, I think it was Tiny House. Um, I was Tiny hanging House, out. What a good episode. Yes, so good. I was hanging out with some other uh, kids in line and one of the kids says, uh, that's Cameron Boyce over there. <laughs> I'm like, are you? I, I was skeptical, but then I'm like, he showed up at, the- I know he films on this lot. Like that probably is him. So I walked mm-hmm. over where they were, um, where they saw him. And it was the basketball hoop on in the front of the lot and it was just the whole cast of gamers guide to pretty much everything playing basketball and so we just kind of watched them for a little bit <laughs> and then when they left cameron said hi to us so oh my god that was really cool uh i mean you've said all that there really is to be said but uh just you know i gotta point out how much i love cameron because obviously um i'm a big descendants fan um we all are descendants fans and this was before descendants but like it was only about a couple months. So like the trailers and stuff, I think at least to some extent were out. So like, I, I, I'm not, I didn't watch that much of Jesse, but like, I kind of knew who he was from Jesse. Uh, so it was, regardless, it was exciting to have him on the show and to read um, word for word from my notes. He's so extra and for what? Because that, <laughs> that really sums him up. And the line that kills me is when he says, I'm levitating as we speak. And Maddie says, you're, you're just, you're, you're not though. <laughs> like just the delivery maddie just is so she's not even like angry with him she's just done with him like he barely walked in the door yeah i think it's maybe it's the same scene when joey says oh oh, well this is awkward and krog says or is it amazing he's like nope it's awkward (laughs) like they all when joey rooney knows it's awkward it's awkward that's a very good point 
Uh, no, doesn't doesn't Krog? And I'm so sorry for my bad memory of my boy. Doesn't he ruin the prom somehow with a magic trick? Yes, because he does manage to levitate, and then Maddie's like, "Oh, that's awesome! That's my cousin!" And then you see that he's on wires, and they they break, and then he's like, "Don't look at me." Yes. Okay. Okay. Iconic. Uh, anything you'd like to add, Lee? No, I think we've covered it. Well, um, but what are your thoughts? Do you like, are you a fan of Krog? Yeah. I want to be Krog. <laughs> <laughs> you just strutted to the D&D session, like, illusion. Like, look, like, his, like, look, like, I want eyeliner. I want it. I want the look. I want the eyeliner. He did the, he did the I want channel the eyeliner before Harry Hook did. Like, oh let's just say. <laughs> Cinematic parallels cinematic as, parallels indeed as somebody who like always plays and like is in love with extra mages i'm just like he is truly my he boy he does really have the dorian pavis energy he does i barely Quite know does. anything about dorian pavis but they have the same energy and that says it all right extra there. mage extra mage <laughs> so as we wrap things up are there any other characters that you guys wanted to mention shout out to aunt dina yes she's great. she's great she um, is more of the california stereotype that josh was averting but yeah. I, think, I think i like how there are some characters that do delve into that but also some characters that avert it yeah like, <laughs> i've mentioned this guy before he's only in another one only in one episode the one where maddie and willow eat the really spicy peppers the waiter named schnoop and sometimes I think about that, and like his name is Snoop, and you may think that's like exaggerative and silly, but that's just what California is like. Yeah, I've had a waiter named Kale, <laughs> literally in Hollywood. I'm so sorry. And I was with my friends from out of town, and I'm like, of course, this is your first experience on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, uh, and but the thing about Aunt Dina is like she's not wrong when she like senses that someone's energy is off. She's not wrong. Mm-hmm. This is true. And I like that about her. I like that we had known of her existence from the first episode and that we not only did we finally get to see her, but that she was like so much like, again, every single character on this show has a very distinct personality and character mm-hmm. type. And that's like something I really love about it because like I'm again, not to go off on a separate tangent, but like I'm I'm a bigger fan of children slash family media than I am of adult media. And I, I think one of the major reasons for that is because the personalities are much more exaggerated and defined. And I think that's easier for me to read personally. I'm not always the best at reading personalities. Like in a, just a regular old adult live action movie, I'm like, I can't tell these people apart. Mm-hmm. Not regarding appearances, but like um, there's nothing that really- There's nothing to them. Exactly. And I think that's why, even though obviously Living Maddie is live action, I think, I mean, animation is like 75% of what I watch. And obviously that's exaggerated personalities, both visually and um, Mm -hmm. in their writing. Uh, And I think that's like Dove especially, but but everyone on the show, uh, they're very expressive. like not just with their words but with their their actions and and I mean Dove won the Emmy for a reason that's right she snatched the bag said that many times before but needs to be said as many times as possible uh Liv yeah Liv is just Liv especially but also Maddie I mean Maddie's supposed to be a little bit more downplayed is Mm -hmm. just very animated and I think like the simplest way to put it is like I feel like I am watching like a cartoon (laughs) because Mm -hmm. she's just so expressive And, and and again like everyone on the show really is uh, so where was I going with this? Uh, the, the, def- the very definitive characters is that like Aunt Dina could have just been like a really like maybe she's like the annoying aunt or like the mean aunt or whatever. But they're like, no, we're going to go full on hippie. Cool hippie aunts. crystals. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, also, and yeah, there's really no character that they uh, they spared no expenses on. on I, w- I want to give a shout out to Stains. Yes. Icon. Uh-huh very good uh i also want to give a shout out to the like we we have our ships but the perfect pairing in the live and maddie universe todd stetson and sal salamanca <laughs> yep janelle and for I, each other janelle and i said that they would go on and become hollywood's power couple and they i was talking about this on my christmas episode uh they never said that that didn't happen so i'm just accepting that it did no i don't know if they'd be a hollywood power power couple 
they'd be an influencer couple. Oh, yeah. They would have a they, vlog channel. Vlog channel, like big Instagram followings. They make mm. silly TikTok dances together. Yeah. Yeah. Like they'd Again. be like showing off their tender greens orders. I was going to say they would, they would have like um, some kind of food videos going on. Yeah. And no, like, like they, they'd be an influencer tutorials. couple. Definitely. I feel like that wasn't even a thing when those episodes first aired. So I didn't think of it then, Fair. but it totally makes sense now. They'd like get a dog semi for the clickbait. Like <laughs> they'd probably, they'd, they'd get a dog and name it clickbait. Yes. I think. Or okay, like AdSense. I, I was just going to say, I um, didn't come up with that myself. And that's because on, on an episode of Yai, when they're like, what do we name our new puppy? Someone said clickbait. So I think that's <laughs> why I thought that. <laughs> iconic but yeah sal and sal and todd are made for each other and they're just gonna like move to malibu and become an influencer couple and even though south is only in two episodes she's a lot of fun as well uh and a great example of a friend that a friend of Liv's, but from hollywood um and just kind of shows that Liv is not the the most airheaded actress in uh in this world <laughs> Um, shout out to the home ec teacher. I don't know his name, but shout out Mr. to him. Mr. Claude Felter, otherwise known as Kevin James, Paul Blart himself. That's Paul Blart. Because I will tell you why. Andy Fickman, one of the executive producers of Liv and Maddie, who directed the whole first season and a lot of later episodes, he directed Paul Blart too. And that came out right around when that episode premiered. So mm. that was kind of like cross promotion. And he had the segue awesome. and everything. Like <laughs> Also, the random airport man who does the Morgan Freeman impressions. Yes, <laughs> he's on TikTok. Um, what? Yeah, Ben and I were talking about him, and my friend sent me a TikTok. I don't know if it was. I don't. She she hasn't watched Live and Maddie, so I don't think she could have recognized him. And it, I don't know what what prompted her to send it to me. But she sent me this TikTok of impressions, and I'm like, it's Vince. <laughs> So his name's Frank Caliendo. Uh, and yeah, he's hilarious. And, I, and again, I love that they find a way to bring him back, too. Shout out to uh, the guy from Tiny House, Aruni. Eddie? Eddie. Yes. I was like, it's not Evan. It's not Edward. Eddie. We already have an Evan. I know. It's like, it, but loved him. Loved yes. his character. Also, Parker's um, girlfriend that I don't know what her name is. She Val. is literally, yes, Val, Val is precious. Val too good for this world too pure and is gonna like go to the moon like she's she gonna be the truly the astronaut. blueprint <laughs> like she is the blueprint women in stem blueprint there are a, a lot queen. of uh fun characters at booms like i think finch is my favorite new character <gasps> he's great <laughs> and he's just like the the love he has for falcon i love that so much <sighs> just a couple other extra shout outs on my part uh i love reggie Parker's Parker's pal in uh his Linda and Heather watching buddy yes, yes. okay yes and uh we gotta mention uh, Alex almost robot girl that uh took science classes with uh Joey oh Parker. that girl who's like you are inviting me to a social function it is appropriate that I say yes yeah she's great yeah another another fun exaggerated personality but uh with you know it draw it draws from reality and, and she's a lot yeah. of fun so uh any any parting words for us thank you for having us this yes was fun. yeah thank you for having us and thank you for indoctrinating us uh to begin with and making it so that we can be here at this moment honestly yeah the only regret i have is that it didn't happen sooner because I, I would have gone to the Bellamy store with you. Um, <laughs> we will have a chance to meet Dove someday. That is, yeah, that is the the hope. When uh, her when her concert finally gets rescheduled, right? Because we all oh had God. tickets to it. I uh, know. I'll go. And I mean, I'm glad you got to come with me to Light in the Piazza. Piazza was amazing. Piazza was amazing. And that was and- a great blend of our loves of musical theater and Dove as well. Yes. So yeah, definitely thank you for introducing me to Liv and Maddie. Like it's definitely made me happy and watching it like with you guys, aside from Animal Crossing, watching Liv and Maddie with y'all was like the thing keeping me sane. 
during the early parts of the pandemic. And now that we've done I this, agree. there's a big part of me going, uh, rewatch number two, Katie? Rewatch number two? You want to do that? Um, I, I am always ready for that. Right? But yeah, uh, Amanda, if you want to do anything about the fashion of Liv and Maddie, I am so down uh, because, you know, dissecting Joey's laser-eyed cat t-shirts <laughs> is sounds like a great we way to spend an evening. We could do a whole just on the cat shirts, probably. <laughs> but you need to make a definitive ranking. Yeah. Like, you need to rank every single cat shirt that he wears, its plot significance, and if it's a look or not absolutely like i i the first that comes to mind is in uh cowbell with uh space cat and space cat 2 the legend continues yes well thank you guys so much for joining i am so yes, happy so much fun. that i was able to indoctrinate you and how much you have enjoyed the show and all of the wonderful thoughts that you've had on it that we got to share today so uh any social media plugs anyone want to share where can we find you if we wish to. I am Lee.Sotilly on Instagram. I don't have any like prominent social media, especially, um, but I proudly work for the San Diego Model Railroad Museum. So if you want to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, we are on all three of those platforms, I believe, at SD Model Railroad on Instagram, model railroad museum on facebook at sd model railroad on twitter so that's that's my daylight job when i'm not busy <laughs> being a fangirl um and yeah it's a lot of fun so that's that's where you can find what i do <laughs> sweet well y'all know the drill you can find us at retrospective rooney on instagram on facebook just search up retrospective rooney a living maddie podcast give us a like and follow us you can of course listen to us on spotify apple Podcasts, etc pretty much everywhere you listen to podcasts our homepage is anchor.fm slash retrospective rooney uh thank you to anchor for sponsoring us and helping us make our podcast we will be back in two weeks with another new episode and i believe given my schedule i have planned in mind our next episode is my exciting interview with ben Benjamin King, Pete Rooney himself, uh, which is awesome. And you guys have a lot of great stuff to look forward to then. So thank you guys for listening. We'll be back in two weeks. See y'all then. Bye.